Hello and welcome to the podcast. Thank you for joining us again this week. I'm Jenna Morton. And I'm Tosh Taylor. And on today's episode, we are talking about something that really gets me just like amped right up. I'm so, so, so very excited. My love for the Fundy Albert County region in New Brunswick uh, cannot be denied as, and we don't try to keep that quiet. Yeah, I don't think all. it can be contained either. You're just like, <laughs> no, I know I'm bursting at the seams. So you're about to find out why we're about to speak with the executive director of the Friends of Fundy Foundation, Micah Fardy, and she is about to tell us about this great um, program that she and the Friends of Fundy and many, many, many other people have been putting into place. It is called the Upper Bay of Fundy Project, uh, charting a sustainable path for rural communities. So Micah, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. As you both, I also really like talking about the rural Upper Bay of Fundy region and the great communities that make up that space. So this is really great. Okay. So uh, Micah, why don't we get started with what, what is the, the long and short of it and what does it mean for us? It's essentially about doing destination development for the communities that make up the rural area of the Upper Bay of Fundy region. So we're looking at um, Hillsborough down the 114 through Hopewell, Riverside, Albert, Alma, because of those connector roads that are finally developed uh, from St. Martin's and Sussex and the, the Fundy Trail Parkway, you know, including Sussex in, in this process, as well as St. Martin's. So these communities that have, uh, you know, been hosts to well, three provincial parks and one national park and a number of amazing vistas and and trails and other artistic, artisanal experiences. That's really the the focus of going through a destination development process. And what makes this very unique for our region, really, it's like the first ever community-led process. Since actually spring of 2021, um, and then we really got work started um, in the fall of 2021, uh, bringing together tourism operators, uh, elected municipal officials, residents, and you know, managers and nonprofit organizations uh, to sit and not only uh, lead the process, but also develop it, building off of some great programs that are government partners, uh, which are ACOA and the province of New Brunswick, the Department of Tourism, Heritage and Culture, um, that they've been using with communities for for some time now. And they've been really open and supportive in us actually doing something that uh, is very unique to our communities because of our unique situation. Certainly our um, our ecosystem is very unique and how these communities, particularly Alma and St. Martin, certainly, but now broader, again, as I said before, host hundreds and thousands of people coming through the area uh, over the busy summer season. So um, we also are communities that are stewards in the UNESCO Fundy Biosphere Reserve or the UNESCO Fundy Biosphere Region now, uh, it is known as, as well as where those two overlap, which is a very unique attribute in St. Martin's, the Stone, Stonehammer UNESCO Geopark, and also the UNESCO Fundy Biosphere Region. Um, I think it's one of the only places in Canada, I believe, where that happens. And my understanding is also uh, in North America. So there's a lot of really wonderful attributes and opportunities to build community around that. One of the cornerstones of the entire process 
because eventually in May, we do want to be presenting a strategic plan to move forward on the recommendations in terms of the regional destination development. Um, a, a unique aspect again is that communities are, are at the core of this work. One of the ways we're ensuring that and also building it into the process and the plan that will move forward is using the United Nations uh, Sustainable Development Goals uh, as a guide to this work. How unusual is it for the people you're speaking with around the table on this process to have this opportunity to really interact in this way and, and to come up with something that's not based just in one location, but in a broader region like this? I think from the very beginning, kind of understanding that they have really have a learning agenda uh, in terms of how we're working together. So early meetings was about creating a common understanding of what it was we collectively wanted to achieve. Hearing from all those different perspectives that are, are sitting at the, the kind of the working group table really helped get specific on what certain issues may be and how certain communities uh, relate to a particular issue, depending on the community, the size, the location, um, its role in supporting tourism, um, its role in supporting communities that support tourism. One issue can have a number of different perspectives to it. And so that, that was really kind of built into the process from the very beginning. And it certainly helps with every conversation that we have for the working group to kind of bring back and think about how does that now change the way we talk about this piece and how are we now being inclusive of this perspective? I think from there, because we're building off of some great learning and work that our provincial partners have done, this process actually doesn't exist. So we're creating it as we go, but we've also taken a look. I think we had 16 or 18 previous reports that had been done on different communities or the region at large or attractions in the communities. We did a deep review of all of those and kind of cataloged, okay, here was the intent on the, these particular studies. This was what the vision was. This was the focus. We kind of put all the recommendations and th these, we went back as far as 1996 was the first report that we started to look at and reviewed all of them right up to, um, well, actually the most Recent one would be the Fundy Trail Parkway Master Plan. And then right prior to that would have been the St. Martin's, um, I think their structural plan. But um, combined all of those recommendations and there's, I believe there's over 570 in total. Um, so then really theming those up, okay, what has been a part of the, these, these development discussions over the past three decades you know, or two decades? what's what's worked what's progressed what hasn't and i think more even more importantly together talking about okay why hasn't it you know there's there's great ideas there's been great work great great reports great so it's it's not about saying what's come before didn't work or wasn't good it's great stuff there let's really try to get a better understanding of why some things were able to move forward and why some things still haven't you know what's what's going on with that that's a big piece of kind of what we want to bring back. We're about, we've done a lot of the pre-work now. And so in a couple of weeks, you know, let's have a discussion around what this can, what, what this can mean for regional destination development. Um, and in, in addition to that kind of review of previous reports and, and, you know, recommendations on, on things that could be taking place. Um, we've done, you know, another, you know, they call it an asset inventory 
So looking at everything from natural assets, cultural assets, our amazing uh, tourism operators, food and beverage accommodation. And we do that in partnership. We have three chambers in the area, in, in this region, uh, two tourism associations. Um, you know, our provincial partners had certain data, but trying to figure out, let's get it all as up-to-date as possible in a format that we can actually embrace, look at and, and utilize, not just to have in a report, but to help guide the decision-making, you know, moving forward as well. Um, so we've taken all of those things and we're going to kind of ground proof them with the communities. Uh, and then we've also placed them on maps because as much, you know, it's certainly important to know what and where those assets are located, but also how do they interact? How do they relate? When we think of investment in the region, where, you know, we, what areas are we very strong in and what areas, you know, do might be looked to do um, some more investment or even have a conversation around why investment isn't happening here. Like what are those other pieces that might be needed? The, you know, just about to finalize a digital footprint assessment. So really getting an understanding of how people are finding out about, you know, we can say us, like this region, and what message is this region sending back? Is that what we want? How do we want to make that better? Is that the right message? Is it aligned with a provincial voice? Or are we getting as much leverage out of it as possible? So these are all conversations that are to come. But we, you know, we really felt we needed to bring that information in, understand it ourselves. So then when we have community conversations, there's information that uh, we're not just asking for a shopping list of what should we do. It's, okay, here's what our region looks like from all these different perspectives. You know, how, how does that influence the conversations that communities are able to have? So, yeah, I think that's, you know, and when we say community conversations, it's very much can be in small group. It can be municipal focused. It can be with those different nonprofit organizations. You know, there will be, hey, we're gathering at this community space. If you're comfortable, come join us here. Um, we are trying to build in. So we've done a lot of hybrid meetings over the past year, thanks to COVID. Um, so getting a little bit more depth at that. So it's a really a more inclusive and connective experience as opposed to listening in, listening in on a Zoom, uh, which, which we've done a lot of. Um, and then I think the other we've, so it'll be coming out in various methods. We've put together just an, a nice entry point survey to really get a sense of how our local communities feel about tourism. So we'll be sent, it'll be coming out and connecting Albert County in the March issue. And uh, it'll be sent out through all of the municipalities to their email lists. Um, it's a nice, short, simple um, kind of survey uh, email. It just, I think it probably takes around eight, eight or nine minutes. And so, and we're going to keep that open for a period of time again, so we could constantly inform and shape our discussions that we're having with, with stakeholders throughout, throughout the region. We have a guiding practitioner, uh, Lisa Rabluk, who is out of Quispam CIS. Um, from, Lisa's been supporting the working group conversation and how we're learning together to bring this information forward. And then Lisa will be taking all of the outputs from the stuff that we hear back and learn, and then she'll be putting the report together that... Um, we will have completed in May, so hopefully we'll have a draft to go out uh, to stakeholders at the end of April. 
So you had mentioned earlier, and I mean, it's quite obvious to anybody that's from here, this is the first time that Alma, St. Martin's, and uh, Sussex are really getting a chance to work together uh, because it's the first time that they've been connected and it takes people like you to help put these things together. So thank you for that. Um, but also what are out of, you know, our area and those two, do you find there was like an overlying similarity with what, you know, the main priority is or the main thing that's being missed? Probably influenced by a few things. We know that from a tourism perspective, our urban partners, our provincial partners want to be marketing this incredible region around these incredible experiences. So when we start to kind of peel back, what does that mean? Communities have, you know, they're hosting these experiences and there's capacity issues that need to be addressed. And every community has different levels of capacity in different areas. The disbursement of resources in rural areas that looks different than disbursement of resources in, you know, more densely populated urban areas. So, you know, these types of things we feel need to be taken into consideration when we're doing planning around the communities who are hosting these, basically these great products that are turned into this amazing Bay of Fundy experience. Um, a lot, you know, one of the biggest motivators for, you know, taking this approach you know, spending the time to go through all of this previous stuff and then really rethinking how the best vehicle to move forward in is actually constantly re-injecting resources back into the communities that need to support these great experiences is to be a better partner, a strong partner with our urban counterparts. We're a demand generator for these urban areas. I think collectively, we all want to be representing and showing the very best of the region and we need really strong communities to help tell that story to support the businesses that support those products and that deliver on those experiences so that interconnectedness is is definitely you know there, there's commonalities there and but somehow how that plays out sometimes i should say how that plays out in communities can look very different particularly when there's very large attractions that are provincial attractions you know that that are throughout these communities and then we need to be the, the ones who are supporting it to come together because for it to develop over a long term and to really like beyond sustainable, but really ensure that this region can be host to world-class experiences and, but also be regenerative in its approach to how it welcomes people. The communities have to be at the center of it. We need to be able to access the knowledge, the expertise, that the cultural awareness that representatives of the stakeholder groups, like that does come from residents, that does come from tourism operators who are leaders in, you know, whether it's adventure or culinary or historic, like they're, they're leaders in, in the work that they do. It requires nonprofit organizations also supporting that so information can flow and it be accessible to the rest of the community working together is, is critical to be able to tell a common story. And it's not the same story, right? You know, there are so many amazing stories from St. Martin's all the way through because we played, these communities have played supportive roles to one another in the past for a number of different reasons. So there's a unique story to be told from each of these communities that can also be then transcribed through products and experiences 
but it comes from the communities themselves. So it's, it's just trying to reposition because that's a, that's a lot more than just marketing, right? We can't get to the great marketing piece until we do this work. The very important work that you have to do if you don't stop and understand those stories and the interconnectedness, you can't, you can't jump to the marketing piece and expect it to work. And, you know, and I think we've had some amazing, you know, nonprofit organizations holding up some really important work and doing some great stuff over the years, like the Albert County Tourism Association, uh, the St. Martin's Destination Development, um, like the three chambers, all three chambers have come really to the forefront now, really being able to get a deep understanding of what does it mean to support the membership, to really look at all, all the variations of what a visitor economy's local economy looks like, like seasonality, that's, that makes a difference, right? Like, <laughs> it, you know, it's, it's not something that we kind of think about on the side. It's, it's, it's how it's the rhythm of the local economy. So, and if we, if we decide we want to change that, then let's really understand what impacts that and all, all the things that also need to be considered as we shift to maybe a more full, you know, year round thriving economy. So we have to wrap up the show already, but I want to know before we go, first of all, uh, where are people going to find more information at about this? But Michael, what, what's like, do you have an end game? So this is a two phase project, right? So yeah. pretty much two years. Phase one will wrap May because then we will have that strategic planning piece with the recommendations. Phase two is about that early implementation of those of those plans. Now, what's really, again, unique about this process, oftentimes the strategic plan comes through and the next step is we need to go find resources to implement the strategic plan. Um, we've built that second year piece. I mean, it's not going to overtake it all, but that second piece, that, that there's, there's dollars and other resources there for implementation. So we can start to get the ball rolling on, on areas of, that have been identified as priority. Um, so that's, there, there's the first end game. And then the second aim, end game would be uh, really determining what's required after year two into year three. Um, and that's going to be tons of work. Um, we do have, and, and work that shouldn't be on just on the backs of volunteers. Volunteers are amazing and we need additional resources to support volunteers. Um, so we do have, there is a Facebook Facebook page and it's on that press release right in front of you, Tosh. Okay, great. Right at I'll the get bottom. Yep. If you could read that out. And I always get the website page wrong too. I think it's- I got that for you too. It's awesome. development.com. And then you can also find the Facebook page at facebook.com slash rural fundy region development. And I'm going to go like that right now. <laughs> and we're going to add all awesome. that to the show notes as well. So it's easy for people to find if you're yeah. listening and you're trying to go, what was what that? Just come back and find the show notes. It'll be there. <laughs> and we'll start pushing it out more and more and more now because of the surveys. Every time we have new information, documents that we find intriguing are on that webpage. So it's, and that's, that's not a permanent web page. It is only going to be, it's there to help with accessibility to information, transparency, people, a quick place to go to with like, yeah, what are they talking about? So, you know, we could strongly encourage folks to share things that are real, that are interesting to them on both of those mediums as well. 
Awesome. Fantastic. I'm super pumped, hey. Micah. And thank you for spending the time to explain it a little bit more to, to everybody. I, there are, like you alluded to in the beginning, some big things happening, especially in Albert County or Region 42 or whatever it's called now. So, <laughs> Which we're really, and 42, but we actually, somebody had asked earlier today on Facebook, like, how does that impact this regional development process? We're really seeing it as some great opportunity. That's three regional service commissions that are now connected to this region. And it doesn't impact tons of that work. It doesn't, this is also a way that communities, another way communities can really start, be sure that they're maintaining and and, mm-hmm. and sharing their identity. Like there's, so we're, we're looking at it as a, a great opportunity for some really cool partnerships moving forward. And we also know it's a really difficult time for elected officials to manage through this. So we actually keep our fingers crossed and send good vibes to them all the time because that's that's not easy. That's a that's a fast timeline. <laughs> <laughs> that's a very fast timeline. Agreed. All right. Well, thank you again for your time. Thank you. This is fun. 